My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him, nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who's coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace. Because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only Son, God who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Merry Christmas. It's amazing the joy that simply saying those two words can bring. But what does that one word, joy, really mean? For most of us, our Christmas memories and experiences or expectations are measured on on scales of happiness, where we imagine joy as the highest level that you can achieve. And while it's not uncommon to hear sometimes criticism about all the preparations and the trappings surrounding our Christmas celebration, it's kind of understandable that as human beings, we're driven to such extremes, trying to hit that maximum on those scales. Because we hear stories, and we might even have memories of celebrations that seem perfect and idyllic. 
as December 25th rolls around each year, we feel that pressure that makes us want the decorations to be perfect, the, the food and drink to be abundant, the cards to be out on time, the gifts to surprise and delight. It was a year and a day ago, on Christmas Eve 2022, that my brother Craig obliterated that bar for Christmas gifts in the Churn family. All of us adults, myself, my mom, my other brother Chris, and my sister-in-law Maraid, we all knew what was coming for my three nieces. Craig had kindly provided some bogus story to my nieces about how he had foolishly left his home for getting their gifts behind, but would make sure that they got them in a few days, just so the rest of us could exchange our gifts, knowing that what he was going to be bringing was a tsunami of reactions, which was pretty much spot on. When he revealed that after hours of walking around all day with his laptop in hand, he had actually gotten them six tickets to see Taylor Swift, that most definitely blew their minds. In the chaos of screams, texting the news to any interested person in the world, immediate discussions about whom each of them would bring with them to see the concert, it overshadowed every and other, any other gift that was given to my nieces that night. Honestly, I can't even tell you what I got them last Christmas. And part of the excitement for them was the thrill of knowing they were going, but they still had to wait another five months to the actual concert. So it was beautiful to see how excited they were and equally touching that they insisted they wanted their Uncle Craig and their parents to come with them. Side note. When Uncle Craig called Uncle Jim to apologize to me for being left out, how terrible he felt that it was never his intention and that maybe he could find a single ticket so that I could join them, I assured him my not having a ticket was gift enough. <laughs> it was gift enough just to see them deliriously happy and excited, and no offense to the Swifties out there, I was completely okay not going myself. But just a few weeks ago, when we were all last together for Thanksgiving, someone said, it's gonna be hard to top last Christmas, referring to this gift, which on a certain level is understandable. For three teenage girls, after all the hype and attention, to be able to go to the event of the year was an incredible high. It was really special to see how happy my brother was revealing the gift, how appreciated it was, how he was, that they insisted he come with them. But all that now was something in the past. It's a memory. It was a happy moment in time for sure. And something though that fairly or not, Christmases and Christmas gifts to come are always gonna be measured by and compared to. And I think that happens to many of us, non-Taylor Swift fans as well. We can quickly associate that high, that type of euphoria, that type of excitement with Christmas which is why I think so many work so hard to always try to top or at least somehow meet those expectations that we put on ourselves every year. There's been such a melding of things that bring us moments of happiness. There's such an abundance of them. There's a desire for them and a desire to share them that we might not even realize how distracted we become to missing the real meaning of Christmas. The gift that God offers to each 
and every human heart. Every one of us who were thought of in his mind, whom he carefully and intentionally brought into being at this precise time and space that we find ourselves in, and who he lovingly has a plan in mind for our good, for our flourishing, for our fulfillment. The gift that God offers at Christmas of true, lasting joy. Praise God, you're here for Christmas Mass. Whether you're here every Sunday, which is so good to see so many familiar faces, or this is your first time here, praise God, you're here. We're so blessed and happy for you to be here with us at this Mass. And whatever brought us here today, though, God's never outdone in his generosity. As we heard God's beautiful revelation of that gift to humanity, of that true and lasting joy in those scriptures. We started with those passages from our elder brothers and sisters of the covenant, God's chosen people, the Jews. From the Hebrew scriptures, we heard the prophet Isaiah beautifully announcing good news, boldly announcing that we echoed in the psalm, all the ends of the earth will behold the salvation of our God. Isaiah first made that proclamation when things were far from settled and far from perfect for the people. They had been exiled, but they were able to return to Jerusalem and they had started to rebuild. But it wasn't the same like it had been. They had some of the trappings, some of the earthly things that they had before. All the things that they had gloried in as God's people were kind of there and they couldn't put their finger on it though and they probably didn't want to sound ungrateful but they knew something was missing and they were right and that's why Isaiah comes to them and tells them everything's changing God would remain faithful to his promises but in a new way in a way they could not even imagine the chosen people were still his but now they were going to be the means for the rest of the world to become chosen too. God had ended Israel's exile. Now the rest of the world's exile was going to be ended by the God of Israel. And all the ends of the earth will behold the salvation of our God. And that's what brought us to this gospel, the prologue of the gospel of John. When you first hear it, it might seem so unchristmassy. Where is Joseph and Mary and the innkeeper? Where are the angels and the shepherds, even the nativity? Those other Christmas narratives from the Gospels of Matthew and Luke are shared at the other Masses of Christmas. Sorry to disappoint you. Or if you watch a Charlie Brown Christmas, which I highly recommend. But there's something extraordinary in the different way that the Christmas story is told by St. John. I didn't always feel that way. I used to say St. John was like the, the Dr. Seuss of all the gospel writers. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It can sound sing-songy like the author of The Cat in the Hat would write. But over the years, I've really grown to love St. John for the very unique vantage point that he provides. Those more familiar aspects of the nativity of Jesus from Matthew and Luke are told from very human viewpoints. It tells us about Christmas from the eyewitnesses 
of those who first experienced and witnessed it. St. John, who's the only apostle not martyred, who lived the longest, and who was entrusted with the care of the Blessed Virgin Mary from the cross by Jesus, and was possibly the closest of friends on a human level to Jesus. John refers to himself as the beloved disciple in the gospel. So at least in John's mind and heart, he was Jesus' best friend. But the Holy Spirit inspires John with offering us the Christmas story from God the Father's perspective, where he echoes the very opening words of the very first book of the, of the scriptures from Genesis, the, the, the story of creation. In the beginning, we're brought back to the origins of everything. That astonishing moment between nothingness and creation. After centuries where humanity seemed to miss the central meaning of the creation story, where God had shown up and shown out in miraculous ways that confounded the enemies of God's chosen people, but even sometimes seemed to get lost on the chosen people themselves. Whether it was the freedom of slavery in Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, the manna, the heavenly bread literally raining down food on them in the wilderness, all that only seemed to give them moments of happiness, good memories. That lasting joy seemed elusive to them. But now, in the word becoming flesh, in the birth of Jesus, God perfects it. Humanity now could touch and receive him and not be overpowered or overwhelmed. Light, true light, came into the world. A light invisible to the eyes, but not to the heart. A light that penetrates the darkness that still permeates our world, whether it's war and terrorism and violence throughout the globe. The darkness that weighs down our nation with injustices or a seemingly growing significant division experienced even between neighbors or just the darkness that weighs heavily on so many families and homes today, where sickness and disease have destabilized us, where we grieve the death of loved ones, where personal failures or setbacks undermine any confidence or belief in anything other than happiness being fleeting. The light of Christmas first breaking into creation as it's being made new first dawned in a manger in Bethlehem, but it has not been extinguished because it can never be. Jesus Christ's radiance still shines here and now in Nutley, New Jersey in 2023. God does not remain distanced out in the universe. He's here. He knows you and me. We're not some miserable creatures on a tiny planet of no interest to him. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God has stepped into history. He's stepped into our messes, into our brokenness, into our fears and our anxieties. Not to commiserate or simply numb the pains and sufferings, which only provide respites and brief relief and happy moments. Jesus comes to save you and me. 
And when we receive him, receive him in this, his word, receive him in his body and blood in the Eucharistic host, which is placed into our hands and received into our bodies and souls, when we receive him in the forgiveness of sins that he offers, when we go to confession and we hear we're absolved of all of our sins, all of our guilt, all of our mistakes and our shame is taken away, it's then that we truly encounter the love of God who is absolutely kind and powerful. And then we can deal with the darkness of the world and the darkness that sometimes casts shadows into our lives. Because in receiving Jesus, we know we're loved by one whose light and his strength is stronger than even death itself. It's then we know with certainty the gift of God given that first December 25th in the birth of Jesus Christ, who brings joy, who is joy every day and is what makes this and every year a Merry Christmas.